Hi friends, I'm super excited to announce that I am going to be speaking at the Health Optimization Summit in London this June 15th and 16th. I will be talking about balancing hormones, health and hustle for high achieving women. And I'm also going to be hosting a menopause panel with Dr. Mindy Pels and Dr. Stephanie Estima. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, then head over to summit.healthoptimization.com. And if you enter code ANGELA10, you'll get 10% off your ticket. There are so many amazing experts this year, uh, including Ben Greenville, Dr. Mindy Pels, Dr. Stephanie Estima, as I've mentioned, Dr. Stephen Gundry, JJ Virgin, many of whom have actually been on this show. So head over to summit.healthoptimization.com and enter code ANGELA10 at checkout and be sure to come over and say hi. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer and high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. One of the biggest questions in health today is how do we take a person who has a specific dietary style and get them to be, be more metabolically flexible because you can get metabolic inflexibility from being too low carb for too long, too high carb for too long, which is pretty fascinating. If you're someone who's tried different diets and you've never kind of found the right thing for you, or at least the thing that works over the long term, the thing that gives you the most flexibility and fun and you can still keep that body composition that you want, then you'll love today's Bite Size episode because we're talking all about metabolic flexibility. You might be thinking, what is metabolic flexibility? It sounds really cool. Well, it is because basically it's where your body is able to burn fats and carbs on demand. Kind of like when you were a kid, it was just all very natural. We can actually train our bodies to become more metabolically flexible as you're here in this bite-sized episode with Dr. Molly Malouf. If you want to listen to the full episode, it's episode 232. The other thing to let you know about is something I use regularly with clients is the Lumen device. And it actually helps train your body to become more metabolically flexible and coaches you on how to optimize your nutrition depending on whether you're waking up in more of a fat burning mode or a carb burning mode. And the key is to kind of get more of those fat burning days as much as you possibly can. And you can also optimize your fasting routine if you have one around it. If you'd like to learn more about Lumen, I will put a link to Lumen in the top note in the show notes. And if you use code Angela, you can get $50 off your purchase. But now, without further delay, let's dive into this week's bite-sized episode. What about when you um, when you've seen individuals? I've seen this with people where their blood glucose actually is staying within a really tight range. If anything, sometimes it's trending down. But when you yeah. do fasting insulin, actually they are insulin resistant. What do you think oh, is going on there? Higher insulin levels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, in terms I of mean, fasting insulin. What what's happening with fasting insulin when it's high and your blood sugar looks normal is your body's compensating by pumping out extra insulin. So it's like, it's doing its best to manage the reality that you're in, but it's not necessarily, um, it's, it's like, it's deceiving, right? So early in metabolic dysfunction, you see, um, a person typically like with, with higher insulin output, but normal blood sugar. And that's because your body is compensating by adapting to the, the, the glucose loads that you're consuming by creating more insulin, more a higher insulin response. So, um, I personally eat low carb and I find that that's typically the, 
strategy that I would recommend most people take. It's not for everybody. Some people do better on, on weirdly enough, like a higher carb diet. People who are naturally super lean typically do well and people who are super active. Um, but I still see problems in consistently high carb diets with athletes where they end up um, so carb dependent that they like can't do anything. Like they can't perform unless they have carbohydrates available. So that's not really metabolically flexible. So one of the biggest questions in um, health today is how do we take a person who has a specific dietary style and get them to be, be more metabol metabolically flexible? Because you can get metabolic inflexibility from being too low carb for too long, too high carb for too long, which is pretty fascinating because what happens when you're too low carb for too long is your insulin levels are too low. And then whenever you eat carbs, your blood sugar spikes. And so it's kind of like physiologic insulin resistance. It's like, it's not, it's not insulin resistance, but it's like, it's, it's low insulin output as a result of a dietary style that leads to less insulin output because you're not asking the pancreas to produce lots of insulin in low carb states. So, um, yeah, I think this is like one of the bigger questions that needs to be solved. And I think it will probably end up being through metabolic flexibility, flexibility training through carb cycling. That seems to be the, the, the best strategy for it. Carb cycling in and around workouts. Yeah. And then around workouts and also, you know, like thinking through your day of the week, like today I'm not doing a hard workout because I worked out really hard on Monday and Wednesday. So today I'll probably do, you know, some mild cardio and, um, maybe some sauna at the gym. And I have a lot of calls today. So I'll be doing a fair amount of sedentary behaviors because I have a lot of calls with patients. So I'm just going to eat less on days like this. And I'm going to eat less carbs on days like this because my body's not using them. Right. But when I'm exercising, I definitely know a notice a difference when I have a hard workout day, my body needs more carbs that day. Like it feels, it just feels like the, the craving for the carbs and I just feel better. Now I mostly eat fruits and berries and um, vegetables for my carbs. That's generally where I get my carbs. I do some cassava flour in small amounts, um, but usually in combination with things like almond flour or coconut flour and baked goods. But generally speaking, most of my carbohydrate content comes from um, whole foods and fruits and vegetables. Yeah, which is better. I've noticed that actually as well myself. With, and on workout days, my blood glucose, if I have carbs, like starchy carbs, it just stays way more stable than on days. So I yeah. tend to cycle around that. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And I have to work really hard at it because I have PCOS. So I'm always trying to oh, I know. tighten that range. And it feels really hard because you have that to work so much harder, right? Than everyone else, it feels. Yeah. yeah. My friends with PCOS definitely have, um, a bit more of a challenge because they basically, you know, have this insulin resistance as a result of this, um, you know, hyper androgenism of the ovaries. And as a result, most of them do eat low carb. Um, and I have seen under high stress people with PCOS who eat really low carb end up with thyroid dysfunction. So it's really a tricky balancing act because, you have to basically figure out how to like fix this. Now, I would be really curious to see what would happen on someone who has PCOS. I'm really curious about how, how Ozempic or some of these GLP-1 inhibitors work for PCOS. Cause I'm wondering if they would either cause problems with blood sugar or maybe ameliorate it. Like I know a lot of people use metformin um, and berberine and like, you know, do you use any, any like insulin sensitizing agents? Yeah, I often use actually as well, myonositol. Um, yeah, that kind of helps and helps with um with sleep. But I think for me, yeah. probably like the stress component for sleep and also 
just keeping inflammation low, eating as you're speaking and yeah. kind of optimizing or cycling carbs on those busier days or workout days yeah. has been tremendously helpful. But I think the, the thing for me I noticed the most and I'm uh, curious as to what you found is actually the luteal phase is where it's much more difficult for me to manage. Um, yeah. Manage the glucose. Yeah. Well, it's typically because you're less insulin sensitive during that phase because you have less estrogen around. So when we have less estrogen during the luteal phase, estrogen is insulin sensitizing. So this is why we, during our follicular phase, we do so well. And then we, during our luteal phase, it's like, I mean, I'm in my luteal phase right now and I'm definitely eating lower carb. And I had such a good time during my follicular phase. I was eating meme sapote because I found one at the store and it's like my favorite fruit. And I was eating like spoonfuls of this fruit, like every day. I, it took me like three days to finish this fruit. Cause it was like this big, it was like a gigantic fruit. <laughs> But, um, man, it made me feel so good. And then I started hitting up to my luteal phase and I was like, oh, oh, I'm starting my period sometime soon. I should probably lighten up on the carbs. And this is one of the things I talk about in the book that like, is something that took me years to figure out. Like, why is it that during my luteal phase, I'm all over the place with my blood sugar and what can I do about it? And so what I typically do is I don't do is I typically do the, the, today was actually, this week was actually interesting. I was really motivated to get back into the gym because I hadn't been working out for like three weeks because of travel. And I was doing a book tour and I was in LA and New York and um, Dubai. And my body was just like, you need to go to the gym. Like you need this. This is what you need to get back into shape. And my body gets in and out of shape like that. It's great. Like I, I can go really curvy or really lean, like within a month or two, which is awesome. But it's kind of annoying because it's like <laughs> you put all this work into the gym and then like two months go by and you've been traveling and challenging to get, but you got to get back, you know, you got to do the exercise. And so I was in the gym. I kind of pushed it a little bit harder than I would have typically during my little phase. And I definitely paid for it in soreness. So it's like, you really should try to hit your personal bests in your follicular phase and try to give your body some space during your luteal phase to just be more inward oriented and more gentle, do more yoga. Even I have to remind myself of this. Even I wrote a book on this and it's still a challenge because you just you have this mind that wants to do what it wants to do, but then you don't always know what your body wants. So one of the things, so I was laughing at myself and I was like, well, fortunately the, I, I definitely course corrected. I was, I did a leg day on Monday and then Wednesday I did an arm day and I was a lot more relaxed about it. Um, and I feel, I felt fine um, afterwards, but it was just super interesting how my body like told me, Hey, maybe you should just do a lighter exercise. Um, and then also it's just like, like moderate intensity exercise is really what you need to be doing during your luteal phase. Cause you're burning fat more effectively. So you burn fat better in more moderate intensity exercise than high intensity exercise. So those really intense workouts are best for when you're most carb sensitive because you're burning those carbs. So enjoy your carbs during the follicular phase, especially around your fitness, wear a blood sugar monitor, see which carbs work best for your body. And then when you hit your luteal phase, like let your body ease up, you know, like still get your steps in, still get your exercise in, but don't feel inclined to like force yourself to do this like hard exercise. Even if, um, even if your brain wants you to do it, your body says, I want to chill, you know, I want to relax. Yeah, I want to sure. be more. If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is 
over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career, and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started. And I'll see you on the inside.